Hey, welcome to another edition of the podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside Glenn Mosseller. And on today's show, we're going to continue our conversation from the previous episode about easy wins in personal finance. We gave you several tips last time around and then said, you know what, we kind of need to finish out this list. We've got a few more items that we want to tackle. So we're back for part two of that conversation. We're going to look at how important it is to have that comprehensive financial plan and why sometimes just a few minor adjustments in your portfolio can make a big difference. We're going to discuss a few more easy places to start coming up on today's episode. time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant Glenn Mosseller. Well, Glenn, I'm glad we didn't just uh, kind of leave the ball out there since we had a couple of other good items. I mean, we're talking easy wins. We can't really get enough of those, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right, Walter. You know, we, we want to kind of stack those up, right? I, yeah. I, I kind of look at that in, in a way. It's just like, there, I mean, there's there's ebbs and flows and everything in life. And, you know, and, and you know, personal finances, you know, as, as we kind of talked about last time, you know, they, they, can be, they can be, you know, high anxiety type of things. And if we can build some easy easy wins in, you know, along the way and, and give folks some strategies to, you know, to, to be able to, and, and, you know, improve and get through some things, you know, more easily than others, you know, than they maybe they thought can kind of give them a little confidence to try to take on some things that are, that, they, that might be a little bit more difficult, but they, they, they won't totally shy away from it, if you will. Uh, that's a great point. Yeah, we don't want to leave any easy wins on the table for sure. Uh, if you missed the last episode of the show, definitely encourage you to go back and, and catch that one. You could probably listen to it after this one. These aren't in, in necessarily any particular order. So go ahead and listen to the final four we're going to cover today. And then you can go hear the previous six from the uh, first episode. In there, we talk about insurance policies and old 401ks and how you can kind of make a few changes there to improve things. We covered mutual funds and tax efficiency when it comes to investments, and several other details as well. But let's jump back into the list. Glenn, we'll pick up with uh, what would technically be number seven in our list here. And this would be an easy win for anybody's personal financial situation because if you uncover a mistake, well, it's probably uncovering a big mistake. And this is where we want people to, every once in a while, check those beneficiary designations. we got to get those right. Yeah, no, you're exactly right, Walter, and and and, the, and it's an easy thing to do, right? I mean, you you really can just go check the beneficiary form and just see, you know, how is that laid out? You know, do you have do you do you have your primary beneficiaries? You know, most oftentimes it's it is a primary beneficiary. It's typically your spouse, right? If not there, you know, if, if you're single and you know maybe maybe you have a you know a couple of different you know folks so, you know, that that are that you have as as uh, as primaries, but you want to make sure you know how that you know how that's you know set up. Make sure that you have you have contingent beneficiaries in case something happens. You also you know and and even with a contingent, if something happens to one of your primary beneficiaries, then you know you really want to go and and you know and and re you know reconnect with your advisor or you know make sure that 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 you know, that you update the form because, you know, you, you shouldn't be in a situation where you say, oh, well, I still got the contingents there. And, and so I'll just, you know, just let that happen on its own. And, and it, you know, it, it probably would, but at the same time, it's like, what happens if something happens to a contingent and, you know, and then you haven't named anybody else. It's, you just want to keep up to date if, if you can follow what we're, what we're saying. And it's so easy to do, but, but yet it's, it's so overlooked a lot of times. One big thing, Walter, and when it comes to you know beneficiaries, is there's this, there's this uh, terminology that's per stirpes that it, that becomes very important, 
And, uh, you know, and, and what that really means is, is that, you know, it, it goes by the branch, you know, and of the, you know, of the family. So in other words, if you, if you don't specifically say that you want things to go per stirpes, let's hypothetically say that you are leaving things to, you know, that let's say you had a, you know, a brother and a sister, right? And they were, you know, they were going to be your, you know, your primary beneficiaries. And so if something happened to one of them before you and there was only one left, then what would end up happening is is that the 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 remaining beneficiary would be a hundred percent they would get all they would get all of what whatever that policy or whatever that account had it would be all going to them one hundred percent but if you have per stirpes listed then what happens is is let's say that your brother was the one who passed away well if it, if it was per stirpes then if he had any children then his portion would go down the line per the branch of the family but if it wasn't per stirpes then it all would go to the sister so it depends on what you want to see happen but but sometimes those types of you know oversights you know happen and you know it's an unintended consequence of disinheriting somebody that you didn't you know that you would have rather made sure that they had had gotten something so you know you you want to make sure you're dotting the i's and crossing the t's. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Great, great vision there to be thinking about all those different moving parts, Glenn. Even deeper than I thought uh, we might go on that question. And so appreciate your guidance there. So check those beneficiary designations, underline, bold, highlight that one, whatever you need to do in your mind, and make sure those are correct. All right, Glenn, let's turn the page to our next item, and that would be reevaluating current portfolio allocations bit of a mouthful, but I know you're going to break it down and make that a little easier for us to chew on. Why is that an easy win in personal finance? Well, Walter, you know, I mean, there's, you know, there's so much, there's so much out there and, you know, in, in personal finance and there's an, an awful lot of it is kind of one size fits all. And, you know, as we've talked about in many um, previous episodes, we talk about the different phases of life, right? You know, you have the accumulation phase of life where you're, where you're saving for retirement. You know, and then you have the preservation and distribution phase. You know, when you're when you're you know really approaching and when you're into retirement, and so you want to really evaluate. You know, what the what do your allocations look like, and what are you wanting your money to do? And if you know, and have you segmented your money to do different jobs for you? You know, typically when you're in the you know the, when you're in the accumulation phase, you know it's 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 you know it's it's more just like hey, we're just trying to save and build that that nest egg, and you know as as big as we can. And, you know, and then it becomes just, you know, a, you know, more, more in terms of, you know, how are you allocating to the different, you know, to the different asset classes that are, that are there, the different sectors of the market and different things that, that you can invest in within your portfolio. But as you, as you mature in your, in your financial life and you, and you need to be thinking in terms of making sure your money is going to be there at, at certain specific times and it's going to last, that, you know, then, then we have to start looking at, you know, how we're allocating, not just in terms of, you know, in terms of, of, you know, what sector are we you know, putting our monies into or, you know, or how is that going within a, like a retirement fund? But, you know, thinking in terms of how are we going to access it or, you know, are there going to be tax consequences? You know, do we have to worry about volatility when we're when we're taking money out? versus when we're putting money in, you know, we're not we're not too worried. We're worried more about the long run when we're putting money in. So we have to kind of look at, you know, that those those portfolio allocations and, and what we what we've called you know in, in previous episodes as um as retirement diversification. You know, we talked about, you know, looking at you know the you know the, the tax implications. Do you, you know do you have some money that, that is that is, you know, tax favored that you're going to be able to access with little or no taxes, you know, at, at some point in the future so that you can manage and you know, through that, you know, through the 
the tax system so that you're you're not pushed automatically into different ta- you know into higher tax brackets just simply because you didn't have that diversification within your portfolio. We also talk in terms of you know the allocations of you know the 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 time diversification. How soon are you going to need how much money? You know we we we've, we've talked about the you know the you know the now bucket of money, the soon bucket of money, and the later bucket of money. Where you know the in the in the, the now bucket is is hey this is what's going to happen in the, over the next six months to a year. I need to make sure that that money is here now. You know, then the soon is is okay. Over the next few years, I'm going to need to you know be able to access that, and I'm going to need to know that it's going to be there. I don't have to worry about the volatility of the ups and downs. I know that I can draw that money out. And then the later is you know is allocated out. You know, you know maybe maybe that has a little bit more risk to you know and and is and is you know is allocated to longer term strategies that have time to you know to go through market cycles and those types of things. Those are the kind of those are the kind of um, balances or, or, or allocations that you really never think about or never really talk about or plan for when you're in the you know the accumulation phase. So it's really dependent upon where you are in life as to you know what what is the right balance or rebalance, if you will, you know, to you know where where are you? What are you looking for your money to do? And when are you looking for you know for your money to do those things for you? And it's and it's it's critically important that you that you are you, you are you know looking at your overall finances, you know, in the context of where you are in life. And and I've seen so many times, Walter, when I sit down with folks who are getting ready to retire. And that those these conversations have never really happened. They they have their four hundred one k and they've been putting money away for you know for you know for years and years and years, and they're really not sure about you know they haven't haven't heard a lot of different strategies about what what are they, they going to do? How are we going to get the money out? How are we going to turn this you know our, our our retirement nest egg into cash flow? And it's you know it, it can be overwhelming, and that's where we start to really break it down and and you know and look to you know how do we have those allocations set for when you're making that transition or those transitions through all the different phases of your retirement life and you know and whether it's planning for and saving for or living through and you know and and you know through the rest of your life all good points there glenn thanks for the details all right so we've so far checked those beneficiary designation look at some of those allocations in our portfolio uh two more items to cover on this episode as we talk about easy wins in personal finance are you underestimating your proper emergency fund balance. Typically, people are underestimating this, not overestimating it, right? Yeah, well, I mean, and that happens. I mean, and we actually talked about it. I think in the last episode, we talked about you know folks you know having a lot of cash you know sitting around and you know and, and doing you know what's the right way to think about that you know. And to your point, Walter, you know it, it particularly particularly earlier in life, right? When you're when you're earlier in the in you know in the accumulation phase, when you don't you know when you your maybe your your earnings power is not as not as great, and maybe you don't have as much many you know experiences in life. You know, you you end up you end up with very you know very little in savings or you know or, or in that emergency fund that you can access and you know and it ends up you know it, it can come back to bite you and you know and, and that's unfortunately a lesson that a lot of people have to learn and relearn and relearn again you know throughout you know throughout life that you know you really need to make sure that that you've that you've got the ability to you know to access money when you need it and you know that can come from you know you know some from different sources the easiest thing is you know is just a, is a savings account right just having money that's there that's liquid that that you that you can that you can turn to if something out of the ordinary happens and as we as we talked about before is the definition of unknown is is unknown but you do know that some unknown thing is going to come along so it's not entirely unknown you just don't know what it is but you know it's going to be something if you will 
And so that's important that you that you're that you're ready for that, and that you've and that you've got you've got money you know saved or you know you ways that you can access that you know capital. And if you do have to borrow, you want to make sure it's at, at low rates and more favorable rates, and that you're not forced into a situation where you're having to borrow at, at higher rates. And it's 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 easier it's easier said than done. But you know if you if you get to a point where you're, you know you're, you're you're putting you're putting money away systematically, you know, and it's just it's just an, it's just an automatic. You treat your savings as if as if it's an expense, and and so it goes into that into that bucket of money for you. Then you know you're going to be you're going to be better served by and not and not have a situation where you you know you just don't have enough money there because you're just thinking oh I'm not going to need it right now. Well you know you it's it's, it's that old you know you you got to save for the rainy day and eventually it's going to rain right. Eventually it will, and we got to be ready for those days, right? <laughs> it, it's no fun being ready for them. The you know the the fifteen years you spend just watching that money sit there, but then on the day when you need it, you're going to be really really pleased that it's at your disposal. So we just got to kind of remember that long term benefit there by having that fund in place, and a little bit of discipline goes a long way. All right, last but not least, Glenn, easy win for personal finance, especially as we turn the page to a new year. Automate your savings if you haven't done that yet. And if you've already automated it, automate it for hire, right? Like, like bump, it, bump it up even a little bit more if you can. Right. Well, a lot of people, a lot of folks do this while they like their retirement savings because it's a you know, payroll deductions, right? It's just like an automatic thing that happens. Money goes into that 401k or that 403b, and it just you know you, the money never even you know you know comes to their checking account, right? And and so it's as if it's it was never there, right? And that you know that's a that's a very eff- effective and efficient way of of automating that you know that savings for retirement. But the you know to what we were just talking about and you know just a bit ago is making sure that you have that emergency fund you know that's there. You know there's ways that you can set that up. I mean you can you can set it up that you do you know an automatic draft for, you know from you know from one account to another. You know that you know most people get their you know get their paycheck you know direct deposited you know into their checking account. And so, you know, as that, as that, you know, happens, you know, you, you can have on certain, a certain day of the month that you'd automatically move, you know, a portion of that, you know, into savings that, you know, you don't, don't put yourself to the situation where you have to make a decision, you know, each and every month, or you have to remember it each and every month to move money over there. It just, you know, something that, that happens just on uh, automatically, you know, you just say, uh, you know, on, on the, whatever, let's arbitrarily say it's the 15th of the month. Let's say, you know, your, your, your paycheck hits on the 10th. And then, you know, and then you, you know, you automatically, you know, five days later, you know, a certain number of dollars are going to move over into your savings. And if you have a strange month that you need a little extra, you can always, you know, go back and get it and make that be the decision point of, you know, of of saying, okay, I have to manually go pull money back over here. But, you know, if, if you automatically are moving that money into that savings account, then, you know, it, it starts to become a habit and, and, you, and you begin to act as if, hey, that money is just not there except for an emergency type of situation or something that's out of the ordinary, which is what that account is supposed to be there for in the first place. But, you know, way too many folks just leave all that money just kind of, you know, just you know, swimming around in their checking account. And, and, and when it's just sitting there, it just it's, it becomes very, very, very tempting, you know, and it gives you a false sense of thinking that you have you know, more than you really do have, you know, in, in, in the context of life and, and all the things that are you know, going to probably happen at some point. Well, I appreciate all of that guidance, Glenn. It's very helpful to get that perspective uh, here on the show today. And you have it, automated your savings, our final 
personal finance win that is just an easy one to grab. And uh, I definitely have found it helpful over the years to um, try to make those contributions percentage-based, Glenn. Um, you know, before being able to like max out accounts and things like that, you might switch over to dollar amounts. But I found doing like percentage-based contributions was nice because then as as incomes you know, raised, then it helped raise how much you were saving for retirement. And that was kind of like just one of those extra little sneaky things that helped you save even more as, you know, you you grow in your career and those kinds of things. And it's just kind of another one of those easy wins that might be a needle mover for folks. And so I see a lot of wisdom in that too. So automate that process as much as you can. So uh, things just, you know, keep on rolling for you and it builds up over time. Uh, So many good lessons in this episode and the prior one, Glenn. Thanks for all of your guidance. If you have any questions of anything that you heard Glenn talk about today or on a previous episode, you can always reach out. 336-291-3535 is the number. That's 336-291-3535. Or go online to roadmapfinancial.com. That's roadmapfinancial.com. Dot com. You get lots of great information on the website and get in touch through the site as well. In fact, you can click free consultation to schedule a time to visit very easily from your smartphone or computer. Glenn, thanks for the help, and we'll talk to you on the next episode. All right, Walter. Take care. All right, you as well. That's Glenn. I'm Walter. We'll see you next time on the Retirement Roadmap. 